I spent years trying to be the perfect daughter, wife, and mother. And I failed miserably. Instead, I was the perfect drug addict, angry, mean, man-hating feminist. Instead. And I thought being a perfectionist was normal and healthy for me. But Jay taught me four secret ways that perfectionism was helping me to self-sabotage. And this week, you're going to have to stay to the end to find out what those secrets are that are helping you sabotage your own life with perfectionism. And I can't wait because the last one is a super secret way that perfectionism is ruining us that I don't even know about that he won't tell me even though I've been really nice and asked nicely and showed him my boobs and he still won't tell me. So stick around and find out with me. So Jay, what's the secret reason why wanting to be perfect is so wrong? Yeah, great question. What's so wrong was wanting perfection, right? Right. I mean, it's good, no? I mean, sounds pretty good. Yeah. No. Oh, I mean, no. Terrible. (laughs) You know better. So first, let's define it. What is perfection? (laughs) Um, I guess everyone has their own individual idea of what perfect is. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So how are you supposed to reach something that's different in your mom's mind and different in your partner's mind and different in your kid's mind? That's a great question. I don't know. I guess we we can't. So uh, this reminds me of the episode that we did where we were talking about like momming and parenting and how we all have our own individual idea of what that perfect parenting is. So it's the same thing. We can't reach a perfect ideal if we don't know what everyone else's is. Yeah. I mean, if we don't all have the same idea of what a table is and I say, go sit at the table, (laughs) what happens? Some people are going to sit at a tree stump. Some are going to go sit out on the picnic bench and some are going to sit on the ground because they don't have a concept of table. Like if everyone has their own interpretation and definition of table, you're out for anytime you want to use that word. And if everyone has their own definition of perfect, same deal. You're screwed. Okay. Yeah. Because like I'm while you're saying that, I'm reaching for definition in my mind. Mm -hmm. And each time I find something, it's based on my own criteria. Like I would never say to you, like this is the version of perfection that you need to reach. But what if I'm trying to be perfect for you? Then I have my own version of perfect in my head that I'm trying to be for you. It may or may not match yours. So do you see that everyone interested in this video on perfectionism might have a different definition of what perfect is and the people they're trying to please might also have different definitions of what perfect is and since people grow and evolve and change even if you do hit someone's definition of perfect in a month or a year or five years or a decade they might have a totally different definition of perfect and now all your work was a write-off but this will be a pretty lame video if we can't talk about perfectionism (laughs) because we don't have a definition Right. So we would be wise to do our best to come up with a definition together. I was going to Google. Okay. So the dictionary definition defines perfect as having all the required or desirable elements and qualities or characteristics as good as it is possible to be. Do you think that's a good definition? I mean. Desirable to who? Doesn't say. Good as defined by who? Possible to be as defined by who? Okay, so then the second definition was free from faults. Right, so free from faults, but as defined by who? Some people would say having six thighs is a fault or a flaw. Others would say, yo, the thickness, that ain't no flaw or fault. (laughs) Yeah, all right. 
So I think this definition sucks. I mean, props to the dictionary people for doing their best or whatever, but this won't help us. So maybe we can come up with a definition for perfect by contrasting it to what it's not. Okay. Okay. So what is perfect compared to progress? Progress is improvement. Right. And improvement is not perfect, right? No, it's not. Kind of by definition. Like we all sort of know if we're talking about improvement, we are definitely not talking about perfect. Right. Yes. Okay. So we're getting somewhere. Perfect is not progress. It might even be the opposite of progress. If you have light, what is darkness? It's the opposite of light. Okay. So wouldn't the opposite of perfection be complete shit? Well, maybe, but complete shit is just as difficult to define. Like what shit to who? (laughs) How complete? How bad? If you can't define absolute perfection, how are you going to define absolute imperfection? All All right. This is what happens. Okay. What might be terrible to you, oh, I hate this house or this tile or this towel or this texture, is like heaven for someone else. So is it complete shit? They're saying it's perfect. It's perfection. (laughs) You're saying it's complete shit. Okay. So that's why I suggest that progress is the opposite of perfection. Okay. Because the other one makes no sense. Um, They're both indefinable things. Right. And so progress means improvement and perfection is the opposite because it would be like no improvement necessary. Right. So things that are perfect require no improvement, right? Yes. And things that are progressing definitely require improvement. Yes. So perfect requires no improvement. And what's the opposite? Progress, which requires improvement. Right. And will always require improvement because it's progress. Right. So do you want something that absolutely requires no improvement? People think they want this. But if you found the perfect TV show that beat all other TV shows and needed no improvement in any area and no one could outdo it, no one could ever do better, no new TV shows could come along and knock it off its pedestal, is that really what you want? No, because I couldn't watch anything else. Right. If you're making art, do you want to create the perfect art? Because if you create the perfect art, what does that mean for all your future art? That's all crap and I can't create any more art. Right. But if you create progress art, what now? Well, then I can continue to progress and get better. Right. And if you watch a good TV show, but someone comes along and makes a better TV show and they've progressed, they've improved upon it. What does that mean for you? That I can keep watching. Right. <laughs> so so people think they want perfect, but perfect means requires no improvement. Right. Perfect means the end. Perfect means no more. Progress means much more. More is coming. There's plenty more. You can improve. Keep doing your art. Keep watching new TV shows. Keep living life because we're making progress. Progress is fantastic. Progress is amazing. Progress feels great. Perfection feels shitty. I mean, yeah, when you put it that way, like perfection means there's an end. That means there would be an end to us. Like if we were the perfect couple, couple and we had made the perfect relationship. Yeah. So even if we do have the perfect relationship that requires no improvement, what does that mean for children? What are their relationships going to be like? Oh, they won't be perfect. Well, probably they'll fall short. But even if they match us, aren't our children supposed to outdo us? Aren't they supposed to do better than us? Yes. How can they if we're the perfect requires no improvement relationship? You really want that for the next generation? No. How are they going to become relationship coaches or start careers as therapists or become like actors? Right. And like if you look back at like the 20s or whatever, how far we've improved ourselves as people and And our civilization and communication and everything. And if there was no improvement after us, then what's the point? I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Perfect is killer. Perfect is brutal. Yeah. Perfect is the life ender, the dream killer, the finale, the no more. So perfect is death. 
No, even death is better because death is part of nature and you have death and rebirth and it goes back to the earth and fertilizer and whatever. Perfect is like the void. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. Okay. So see, this is deeper reason why we shouldn't be striving for perfection, like more than like we're damaging our self-confidence and our self-esteem and our, our belief in ourselves and all these internal things. But on top of it, we're actually trying to get towards void. To, towards to avoid eliminate all things yeah like, everything's in a state of perfection movement stops motion stops no one tries to progress anything yeah that's not there's nothing to work on it is perfect yeah that's not good well this makes me dislike perfection even even more yeah because perfection is an illusion that does not exist and even if it does it's just the opposite of a progress yeah Okay, so we have- So, I love progress. I know you too. I don't want to be anywhere near the opposite of yeah, progress. I want progress in all areas. Okay, yeah, this is really good. Like, that's what RISE stands for. Yes, keep rising. Yeah, keep but perfection isn't RISE. Perfection is plateau. Right. We've hit the end point. This is really good. All right, so we got a definition for perfection. And now we know why it's so wrong to want perfection. And now we definitely wrong. know it's wrong. It actually feels- wrong talking about it like i spent years trying to be perfect i spent so many years trying to be the perfect everything to everyone at once but one i didn't even know what i was really striving for some weird form of perfection in my mind but probably didn't match what theirs was and on top of it now knowing this what I was striving for was, you know, to end up in the void with nothing there, everything to stop at once. No room for progress. And no room for progress, which I also am a huge fan of progress, as you know. Well, I don't think you could be a fan of both. No. It's like, I'm a fan of light, flip on the dark, or I'm a fan of progress. We've hit perfect. Let's stop all progress. Yeah, it just feels gross. So, okay. Thank you. Great definition. Wow. You really uh, you nailed that. So, Rise Rebels, do you agree with our definition of perfection or perfect? What is your definition? If it is different, please share with us in the comments. I want to hear all about your definition of what per perfect is and what you think of ours. Yeah. Thank you so much. So, Jay, can I use my powers of perfection for good instead of evil? I mean, after what we just talked about... <laughs> It sounds like not, right? I know. But actually, you can. It just requires a different approach. So one of the secret ways of perfectionist self-sabotaging is to cling to perfectionism rather than pivoting towards idealism. So we'll go with definitions again. Can you tell me the difference between perfectionism and idealism? Have you ever met an idealist? I don't know what it means, so I don't know. Okay, so have you ever met those people who are like, we can create a utopia on Earth and we can make everything good <laughs> and we can solve climate change? Yes, and we can yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, yeah. So they have an ideal in their mind that they're trying to reach. A lot of activists are idealists. Right. Right? Yeah. Like Martin Luther King, you might call him an idealist. Mm -hmm. Like he had an ideal vision of the future that he was moving towards. Yes. And most people agree that MLK did a bunch of positive things mm -hmm. because of his approach to life, because of his idealism. Right. Right. Yes. Now, he didn't create an ideal world. No. He didn't create perfection. He yeah. didn't create perfect utopia. 
<laughs> no. But he made progress towards a healthier world because of his idealism. Okay. So they're similar, right? He's aiming for a perfect world, kind of. Yeah, but he's aiming for an ideal. The way you make it sound doesn't sound as final and gross as perfectionism. Right. You honestly think he would go very far if he was a perfectionist? No. Right. No. So you see, perfectionism and idealism are very similar, but there's something different. Can you can you sense yeah, that? I that's can. why we have different words for them. Yes, I can sense it. And that's why one feels less final than the other. It is. So the thing about idealism is ideals aren't actually reachable. No one ever reaches the <laughs> ideal. Okay. Ideally, no one would ever litter again. So then some activist creates a littering campaign and mm -hmm. improves things and the streets are cleaner. But it's never really perfect, is it? No. Right. There's an ideal, an unreachable ideal that they aim towards and they use that to propel them on their mission and they get a lot accomplished. Right. They get a lot done and the world is slightly better, is visibly improved, maybe maybe much better, but it's never ideal. The ideal is always out of reach. Right. Or feminists have an ideal vision of the future where women are equal or identical or whatever their ideal is. <laughs> and they're never going to reach that ideal. It's an ideal. It's an ideal. I, this is the whole thing about them. They are ideals. They're lofty, untouchable, unreachable goals. Utopias, ending poverty, ending racism. Like we've been around for hundreds, thousands, millions of years, and these ideals are never reached. But there's always someone trying to reach them. And I'm glad because this is where you get the MLKs and the Gandhis and these people creating massive positive change in the world. They're they're mostly idealists. Okay. Right? Yes. And they're aiming for some perfect goal. But much different than the perfectionists, they're like cool with it. They're not crunchy and stressed out. They're not super anxious about it. They're just like, wake up and you know what? I'm going to work on my mission today. I'm going to try and unite these races today. Or I'm going to try and clean up this city today. Or I'm going to create a utopia today. Right. Okay. Walt Disney created Disney World because he was working on a utopia. Yeah. He was an idealist. Yeah. He didn't quite succeed. It, it evolved into a theme park and his, his Walt Disney City never got built. True. But it is the happiest place on earth. And when you go in there, you can't help but feel loving and kind and you want to just have fun and you're a big kid. So he kind of did, but kind of not because outside of Disney World, the theme park itself, it it's like normal. Once you cross that welcome to Disney World, oh man. Well, you okay. say so, but you should look up the controversies about Disney World. I know there's controversies. I'm just saying. This is my whole point. Can you see that perfectionists are aiming for some final solution and they actually think they're, they can get it? Mm -hmm. And they're like pissed off if they're, they don't have it today or tomorrow or the next day. Mm -hmm. Where idealists are searching for some unreachable ideal that they kind of know is unreachable and they're sort of at peace with that. And they just gently, kindly, firmly wake up every day and move towards it with a happy heart. You see the difference between perfectionists and idealists? Yeah. But they're very similar, but they're different. Yeah. Okay. So you. can you use your perfectionist powers for good? You can, as long as you don't self-sabotage and keep clinging to perfectionism. Perfectionism never turns out positively for anyone. Um, but idealism is very similar. And if you would just pivot to that, so if you pivot, your... you would crush it. This is why I talked about the, the all the doll checkboxes, like to become the feminine ideal or whatever. There's a million things to work on. Mm -hmm. And if you get mad that I'm not the perfect feminine ideal today or tomorrow or by next week, 
you have this weird perfectionist attitude. Like you're trying to reach this thing where you never need changed again. Mm -hmm. But if you have the idealist attitude, you're just like, well, maybe I'll never be Marilyn Monroe, but today I'm going to work on my skin and tomorrow I'm going to work on my hair. And next week I'm going to work on my waist. And you just make progress and you just progress towards your ideal. And maybe you never reached that ideal. That's okay. Neither did MLK, neither did Gandhi, neither did whoever, but they certainly got a lot done and you can too. And you'll look back at all your progress and be like, I didn't hit my ideal, but holy, like people are, people are jealous of me. People are proud of me. People are impressed with my progress. Like, yeah, because you turn that perfectionism towards a healthier outlet. One where, you know, there's an unreachable ideal and you just move towards it anyways. Like as a, as a fun lark, as a game for life. Like, let me see how good I can do. And you don't beat yourself up for not being better faster. No, Walt, MLK, and Gandhi didn't beat themselves up for not being better faster. They just were like, all right, well, I'll never reach the ideal anyways. Who cares how fast I go? Let me just try this. All right. Well, this is a, an unsavory part of perfectionism is that when we, when I say we, I mean us perfectionists, uh, one of the side effects of that is that we beat ourselves up and make ourselves feel really, really crappy because we did not reach the level of perfection that we were aiming for in that particular task uh, that we were doing. And so this makes perfectionism even worse and harder when we are aiming for that ideal, I think, or that perfection. I think that pivoting to idealism, this will feel better for us perfectionists. However, then we have to really work on not beating ourselves up over it. Yeah, but with idealism, you know you're never going to reach it and there's no perfection to hit. It's just a fun lark to aim for. And so as long as you're making progress, why would you beat yourself up? Right. I made progress today. I made a little more tomorrow. I made a little more next week. I had one off day, but I won't beat myself up for it because I'm going to make progress tomorrow. Like you're focused on the progress in idealism and you're focused on the perfection in the perfectionism. Mm -hmm. I might beat myself up for not being perfect, but I'm not going to beat myself up for making progress towards my ideal. This is how positive emotions work. People are like, why are I happy? It's like, you're not happy because you're not celebrating your progress. You're not even into progress. You're into perfectionism. You're busy beating yourself up and not being perfect. I'm busy progressing towards my ideal and celebrating my progress. I'm always happy with my progress. I never feel bad about myself. I'm never beating myself up. I have an ideal. I have a relationship ideal that it would look like we're nowhere near close to it. People would be like, dude, after all this time with sin, what have you accomplished? Like, what have you done? I have a business ideal. We're nowhere near close to it, but it's fine. The ideal is way up here. It's fine. I just make progress towards it every day. If I taught one more lesson or we made one more move or we got one more like or hit one more pair of eyeballs, I'm thrilled. I made progress. This is not fake. This is very real. This is exactly how you are in real life every day with everything. And it's sometimes it's annoying, but for the most part, it's inspiring because anytime that I start to beat myself up and feel really bad, I just have to say something to you. I don't even have to confess all of that. If I just mention whatever the thing is, like before we started filming, I mentioned something. I said it's progress. And and that's that's you. Always with the positivity and like looking at it from the idealist point of view than than the perfectionist. Yeah, because when I was a kid, I was a perfectionist too. And the only solution is to turn it into a healthy idealism. Yeah. And it, it actually really is helpful. And I'm I tease when I say it's annoying. You're not the only solution. Yeah. And I tease when I say that that it's annoying. It's not. I need that around me and, and it is annoying to perfectionists they don't want to hear about progress mm -hmm. they're focused on the perfect solution they want that final exactly in my head solution but well, i'm an artist like i'm just happy to get paint on the page it doesn't have to turn out exactly how i wanted it instantly 
I'm happy to make progress. Right. It's really good that you, when you mentioned being an artist. So as an artist myself, I can take anything that I've done and there, I can always improve it. Sure. Always. And if I'm allowed, if I'm left to my own devices, I will take that same project and continue to revise and revise and revise and revise and revise and revise. And get closer to your ideal. Now, but before it was, I need to continue to do this until I reach perfect. And usually, not always, but usually the more we do this, the more we F up yeah. the piece of art. It ruins the art. <laughs> so Because a perfectionist vibe never brings positive results. Yeah. It just doesn't. Yeah. Go find me anyone. Find me anyone with a perfectionist vibe. Anyone. And I will show you negative results or worse results than it could have been. No, it's true. And And we think as an artist that if I continue to revise this... I'll reach perfection one day, but you, one, you never will as we've already addressed. But two, it's kind of proof how the more you work on something that's done, the worse you make it. So as an artist, when we are fixing something over and over and over again, it's like the more we try to make it better, the more we make it worse. And then we usually end up scrapping it and saying, forget it altogether. But if we take a piece of art and we we have the ideal of what we want this piece to be and we'll work on it and when we're done we step back and we're like it's not perfect <laughs> but it's close to the ideal of what i saw and actually i think the less work we put into it the better it, it is the better it looks and so same for us if we are trying too hard to reach that perfect perfectionism, then we just make ourselves worse. We beat ourselves up. We feel really bad. We're depressed. We're angry because that's how I was before. And so when I let go of perfectionism and I started leaning toward idealism, even though I didn't know that's what I was doing, I got happier. Like I let go of stress. Yeah, I still cried. Yeah, I still have my moments. Yeah, I'm still a human being and I still feel like I can improve in, in lots of ways that I make lots of mistakes, but I don't feel like the end of the world is near because I didn't reach the level of, of greatness that I wanted to in that particular moment. So yeah, like I think that's, that was a really great example that you mentioned was the, the painting. So thank you. It resonates with me as a crafter and a, an artist. So I appreciate that. So knowing this, what is a more valuable approach to your body and your femininity and all your work on that? Perfectionism or idealism? Idealism. Awesome. And what is a healthier approach to your business and getting the clients you want and reaching the people you want? Perfectionism or idealism? Idealism. Right. What is a healthier approach to reuniting your family and bringing the fam together? Perfectionism or idealism where you just make progress? Idealism where I just make progress. Right. This feels much better. It doesn't feel uptight and gross the way I did after we talked about what perfectionism is. So thank you. And Rise Rebels, do you see how much better idealism is for you, for your mental health and for your self-esteem and how you feel about yourself? I'd love to know your thoughts on, on idealism versus perfectionism. For me, I am all aboard for the idealism like this this is progress and i love progress and perfection means no progress ever ever again and i can't that does not fly with me so yeah thank you there's a dark side to idealism too but that's a whole other episode oh okay well i guess there's a dark side to everything 
Okay, Jay, so what's the secret to why perfectionists are perfectionists? Wait, before you answer, let me guess. Is it trauma? (laughs) Okay, another secret way perfectionists self-sabotage is by blaming others for their imperfections or their struggles or their inability to be perfect or whatever, or for their perfectionism in the first place. But other people do play a part in our perfectionism. And like you said, they may traumatize us into becoming perfectionists. So let me ask you some questions. When you were younger, did you ever worry about not being good enough? Yes. And if you adopted perfectionism, would that solve that? If you were perfect, you wouldn't have to worry about not being good enough anymore. Yeah? Yes. So when you were younger, you worried about not being good enough. And what seemed like a great solution? Uh, Perfectionism. Yeah. Did you ever worry about being abandoned, left alone, unsupported? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But if you were perfect, though, would that solve this? I'm like thrilled with my genius (laughs) questions and you're like crying. So I love you. I love you. Uh, Yeah. To answer a question, yes. Because... No one abandoned something that's perfect, right? Right. Did you ever worry about needing to be positive all the time? I need to be positive all the time. Yes. But would perfectionism solve that? If you were perfect. Thought so. Yeah. This is what happens. People see it as a good solution. They pick it up as a coping mechanism. You okay? You sure? Yeah. It's just questions about your old you. Okay, please continue. All right. Did you ever worry about getting enough validation? Uh, Yeah. And attention? Yes. But if you were perfect, would that be an issue? No. Right. You get tons of validation for being perfect. Right. You get tons of validation and attention for being perfect. (laughs) Yeah. So can you see a giant list of reasons why you might pick up perfectionism? Yes, I, I can. Right. And so usually where do these worries about being good enough and abandonment and validation and being positive stem from, right? Where do they seem to come from? Trauma. Yeah. And from other people. And other people. So it's tempting to blame other people for our perfectionism. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So this is, this is a common way perfectionists self-sabotage because it's already not serving you to be a perfectionist. Right. And then what happens when you throw blaming others on top of that? It just makes it worse. Right. It just makes it worse. Yeah. So now you're not serving yourself by being a perfectionist and you're not serving yourself by throwing blame around everywhere left and right. Yeah. This is not the path to victory here. No. This is not the path to a wonderful, fulfilling, happy life. This is not the path to transforming or pulling a 180 and getting your life on track. This is not the path to all your dreams and the things you want. The path is the opposite of this stuff. It's ditching perfectionism and going towards progress. Messy progress. It's ditching blame for others and it's going towards personal responsibility and taking control and taking whatever hand life deals you and making the best of it. This is where you tear it up. This is where all the people you look up to went. This is the path they took. None of them took the perfectionist blame others path. So yes, perfectionism is often a trauma response or a coping mechanism that we pick up to deal with trauma we experienced from others when we were younger. But no, blaming others for our current state rarely, if ever, helps. 
So whatever I think you're going to zig, you zag. So <laughs> I kind of made light of my question because I thought it was obvious that it was trauma. But I was only kind of joking, like, because people blame trauma for everything. Like, oh, I'm traumatized. I'm traumatized by this. I'm triggered and traumatized. And all that. So I thought this probably isn't because of trauma. And then you made me cry and realize that's exactly where this comes from. Of course, it comes from other people and it comes from reactions to experiences in my life when I was younger and it formed who I was. And, and reaching for perfection helped with the feelings of abandonment and not being good enough and all the other trauma things you made me cry about that you mentioned already like so this makes perfect sense and and I hadn't actually never considered it and yes I blamed other people for reasons why but n not to this extent not to the questions you asked me so this makes a lot of sense and it's it's a bit painful to admit, honestly, that those experiences were far more damaging than I realized because it knocked my self-esteem and made me feel really bad. But it also brought out a response in myself. Yeah, perfectionism. To reach for basically death. To reach for perfect. Yeah, perfect. But perfect, as we already defined, is the void. Is the void is the end, and so this whole time I've been reaching for that for the end. Yeah, but I've never recommended it, and I've no. set an example of a healthy idealist. Of course you do, but because I mean, all I do, and some of those traumas that you mentioned, I haven't dealt with at all because that's why they made me emotional and I started to cry. So there were some some issues there. Well, me. That might be why your perfectionism lingers, yes. even though I continually insist you ditch it. <laughs> yes, I, I still, I definitely, this is something that I'm still working on. This is something I work on every day, even today before this, before we filmed. So yeah, it's, but I feel so much better about it already through this episode. Like, first of all, I couldn't even define what it was when we started. And now I have something new to reach for, which is idealism. So I'm healing on camera in front of everybody. And so if I can do it and I've had deep seated sexual trauma and abuse in my past, uh, addiction issues and, and just overall not treated very nice by a lot of people. And if I can heal this quickly and move on, I mean, it's not like I, I have to practice, of course, but even just making the decision to change here, this is progress and it's helping me heal those things because I already feel better. So <laughs> thank you. I love it. That sounds super empowering. And we have a whole episode on is your family to blame mm -hmm. or is your family responsible? Yes. And that whole hour is a masterclass on how not to blame others or to blame them briefly and healthily and then how to move forward. Like, mm -hmm. As you said, maybe they did more damage than you thought, but it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter if they did centuries worth of damage or five seconds worth of damage. It's still damage. It still exists. And you're the only one who can cure it. So it's on you. It's you're responsible. You can go to a therapist and they can help you, but you have to do the work and it's still on you. Like it doesn't matter. So however, we ended up with perfectionism and to whatever degree our perfectionism is hurting us doesn't matter. No. What matters is what are we going to do about it? 
Yeah. Are we going to step up and change our perfectionist ways? Are we going to start moving towards idealism and start championing progress? Are we going to embrace our messy lives and know that everyone has areas of their lives that need work and just celebrate every little bit of progress we make on those things? If other people want to judge us, so be it. People want to abandon us? Go ahead. Like, are we going to step up and overcome all those traumas? Are we going to be bigger and stronger and braver and bolder than the traumas that happened so many years ago? We're grown adults now. Are we going to care for ourselves the way we should have been cared for when we were younger? That's a great question. And if we don't take care of ourselves now, then who who is? So it's it's our turn. It's our time to take care of ourselves and to lean towards idealism so that we don't make things worse. We want to reach for progress. So this was really great. Yeah. If you show me two people, one is obsessed with perfection and the other one is obsessed with progress. What's going to happen? The one who's obsessed with progress makes progress day one, progress day two, has a little slip up day three, progress day four, progress day five, progress day six. What happens to the perfectionist? What do they do all week? What do they do all month? What do they do all year? Are they making progress every day on their stuff? Like you said with the art, they're probably making it worse. They're beating themselves up and they're feeling crunchy and stressed about it. And they're mad they're not at their perfect goal. And they're just spinning their wheels and they're blaming it on others. And which one of these is going to be some superstar by the end of their life? That idealist is reaching for progress. Where's the perfectionist going to be on their deathbed? In some nursing home, like regretting everything they ever did. Yeah. Every hero you look up to took which path the perfectionist path or the progress path the progress path. there you go so let's do it well that is a fresh view on a taboo (laughs) just like our book eyes wide open volume one we're giving away free copies of our pdf and the link is in the description because this is the world's first self-help coffee table book and this is one of the ways that i helped myself got all the juiciness that Jay got to offer, and I had it in the palm of my hands. And so can you. And we're giving it away for free. Why wouldn't you go and download it right now while you're watching this little sponsorship break sponsored by me and Jay? (laughs) So Jay, I have another question that some people may not like, but is perfectionism secretly caused by the patriarchy? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a good question. It's a good question. Thanks. And it's interesting considering everything we just talked about, about blame, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> One of the ways perfectionists self-sabotage is by institutionalizing their problems and their issues. So they put their problems and their issues in the mental hospital? <laughs> no, it's when you turn something into a monolithic, all-powerful institution. Instead of saying... Like, damn the man? Yeah, kind of. When criminals blame the man for everything, they lose all power and control. Instead of saying, I should plan my getaway better or choose a better gang or plan my crimes better, they just say, oh, the man, what can you do? (laughs) Right. Because it's a giant institution, unbeatable. Okay. This is a secret way people self-sabotage themselves. They do it all the time. Oh, this is an institutional problem. And we'll get into that. But first, let's look at one of the main roots of perfectionism. So many women are given the message that they need to be a good girl. Where does this message come from? Out of thin air? I want to say like the media and our governments. But I don't think that's correct. Like that was my knee jerk action is to say that, but I don't really know. Sure. But you don't think this starts with 
the home and the parents. Mom doesn't want you to be a good girl. Dad doesn't doesn't oh, want you to be a good girl. Yeah, yes. That there we're told to be good girls when we're young, so that we follow directions and and so don't we don't we're not too loud and we don't get in the way and we listen. Right. Are you ever told to be a perfect little angel? Yes. A perfect princess. Yes. Yeah. Right. So is this more from the mom or more from the dad or from both or what? It's both. So then is it the patriarchy (laughs) that's spreading this good girl message? No, I think it's parents. But both sexes, both genders. Both genders, yes. I mean. Whatever. Yes. Mom and dad. Yes. Or mom and mom and dad and dad. Either way, whoever's raising you, I think, or maybe not so much now, but before, yes. Right. And if you don't be that good girl, do you start to fear abandonment and lack of validation and not being good enough and failing to be positive and happy all the time? Yeah. Right. I'm I'm sorry. It's taking me a second to answer because I'm, I'm sitting here in shock. I never, ever considered that. Doesn't the chain go, be a good girl. If you're not, you're going to be abandoned and you're going to lack of support and no validation and you're going to get mistreated and unloved and all this stuff. So the coping mechanism is to become a perfectionist because then all of those things go away. Yeah. The point is, is like, I never, ever considered that this came from anyone else other than me, really, to be honest with you. I mean, yes. Okay. Trauma issues and blah, 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 things. Like, yeah. My parents. (laughs) I love you. Your dad wasn't even around, right? It was like on the fringes of my life. I'm saying so it wasn't the patriarchy or the patriarch of the family that was causing it in your case. So I don't know, right? Is it the patriarchy? Is it not? It looks like both parents in most cases, the message of being a good girl leads directly to perfectionism in most cases. So whether your perfectionism comes from friends, family, peers, society, the patriarchy, the matriarchy, some other archy, whatever. (laughs) Just like in the last question, doesn't really matter, does it? No. Like, are we going to accomplish something here? Nitpicking where it came from for you or where it came from for your friend? No. Right. No. The point is we all ended up perfectionists somehow and it's not serving us. No. And we got to change this. Agreed. Agreed. Well, that's what we're doing. Making this video is to help you guys and myself to stop self-sabotaging our life with perfectionism. Absolutely. But to change something is an interesting thing. A lot of people try to change things but fail. So let me ask you, what is easier to change? Something that is part of the institution and part of the system and just part of the regime and that I have no control over or some bad personal habits I picked up and just like any habits, I can change them with practice. Yeah, changing my habits with practice. Yeah. So if you call perfectionism an institutionalized problem that was put on you by the patriarchy and they're the ones who pull the strings and they control your perfectionism and you're just a victim at its mercy, how are you going to change something? No, absolutely not. I'm not a victim of anyone or anything, but you're right. And if I've institutionalized it as the patriarchy, then it feels more difficult to change. It doesn't just feel more difficult. It's pretty much impossible. Yes. Every cell in your body knows it can't change institutional problems. Right. Yeah. But every cell in your body also knows it can change individual problems. So if your perfectionism is an individual problem, Mm -hmm. some bad habits you picked up or some habits Mm -hmm. that served you for a time and protected you from abandonment when you're young, but now you don't need. As long as your cells know that's the situation, as long as they see it that way, as long as your mind and heart see the situation that way, Mm -hmm. you can change that. 
that's very changeable. Agreed. Agreed. Totally agree. 100%. So this is a secret way people self-sabotage, right? Mm -hmm. My perfectionism is an institutional problem. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a write-off. I'll be like this forever. No point trying. Or patriarchy. Or meanwhile, a much more empowering option is, you know what? I don't know how I got this. Can't pin it down. Don't really care. I do have some perfectionist tendencies and habits, and it's definitely an individual thing that I can work on. I can certainly change my own perfectionism. I've changed lots of things in my life. I used to be afraid of swimming. Now I get in the water. I used to be afraid to go to networking events. Now I network. I used to not do X, and now I do X. Mm -hmm. I used to avoid Y, and now I do Y. I used to be a perfectionist. Now I focus on progress. I'm a healthy idealist. It's doable, but not if you institutionalize it. Sure. Makes sense. Thank you so much. That was very, very helpful. And again, like the last few episodes we've done have been really super helpful for me on camera and off camera, helping me to improve and make progress. That's because of your (laughs) questions. When you ask those deep, sincere questions that, you know, really matter, then I can help out a ton. So Mm -hmm. the better the questions, the better the answers. So thank you. Mm -hmm. My pleasure. And you can see why, why I would move here to be with you. Like, like it, this is like you guys see an hour a week of this and maybe some clips here and there or shorts here and there. Well, like I get this juicy, wonderful goodness all the time. I'm super blessed. So thank you. And now we come to the super secret way that Jay has not shared with me yet because he hates me. That's not true. <laughs> but it's fun here my way. So Jay, what's the super secret way that perfectionists are self-sabotaging their life. All right. I'm going to be honest. I kind of a little bit spoiled it right in the beginning just because I was (laughs) going to town, right? But I think it still packs a punch and it still matters. So another secret way perfectionists self-sabotage is letting perfectionism kill their relationship dreams. Super common. Are relationships important to you? Yes. Would it bother you to know that your perfectionism has hurt all your relationships in major ways? Yes. Would it inspire you to change your perfectionism if you knew it would massively soothe and beautify your human relationships? Probably, yes. Yeah. I mean, this is what matters to me, so yes. Yeah. If you're a perfectionist, you identify as a perfectionist or you have perfectionist tendencies or if you focus on being perfect or perfectionism or any of these permutations, what happens when you're interacting with someone else? What standards are you holding them to? Whether you say it out loud or not, you're secretly holding them to a certain kind of standard because of your perfectionism. What kind of standards are you holding them to? I'm holding them to my my version of what perfect is. Right. And what did we define in the beginning as perfect? It's the void, the end. Right. And it's nothing. Like It changes for everybody. Right. So these people that you're interacting with are being held to your perfectionist standards and they would have to be way beyond Deanna Troy level mind readers (laughs) to know what they're even supposed to live up to. Right. True. They can't, they can't know what my version of perfection is perfect conversation or, or anything. Right. So you're interacting with your kid or with your parents or with, your spouse or with your friend and they're automatically without you saying a word being held up to what 
What kind of standards? Perfect standards. Yep, exactly. You think that's going to help your relationship? No. You think that's going to harm your relationship? Yes. Yes. So then it almost makes you wonder why anyone would do it, right? It's a guaranteed loss. This will never help anything anywhere. That's not all. Since you're a perfectionist and you're holding other people to perfect standards, what do we automatically assume others are doing to us? That they're holding us to perfect standards. Right. What do thieves and scammers automatically assume of other humans? That they're gullible and they'll foster their... Right, right. But they also assume that other people are going to do something to them. Oh, scam them. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Right. Similarly, what does a cheater who knows he cheats automatically assume that other people are doing to him? He's... They're always assuming that their partner's cheating. Even if they're... Even they're not. Right. So, what does a perfectionist who's judging people by perfect standards automatically assume other people are doing to them? Doing the same thing. Right. Judging them. Judging them uh, on a perfect standard. Yeah. Right. So, what if you meet a nice person or you have a good mom or your kid is loving and kind Mm -hmm. and they're just being normal. They're just being themselves. What are you going to project on them? What what nefarious motivations are you going to see in their behavior? If they walk away from you, are you going to think, oh, they probably just needed time on their own? Or are you going to think, I must have fallen short of their perfect standard? Yeah. I'm saying, what does this do to the relationship? Now you have a great partner or friend or whatever, and things could go along smoothly and progress smoothly, but you're suddenly seeing the worst in them, like yeah. projecting a weird motivation on them and and acting as if they're the perfectionist in the relationship. Yeah. So you're putting a label on them that they may not have. Because? Because I'm projecting it from myself. Yeah, just like the scammers project that other people will scam them. That makes sense. Even if they're dealing with the most honest, kind, loving person around. Right. Oh, you're probably trying to scam me. I don't want your your gift or your charity. Yeah. Healthy? No. Helpful? No. Valuable? No. Great stuff for a relationship? Absolutely not. So what does perfectionism do? to relationships it will kill your relationship in so many ways it's either killing it from your side because you you are projecting this onto others or it's killing it on their side because they couldn't possibly live up to the perfect standards in your mind on top of that when you are relating to another person are you able to feel their personality traits can you tell if someone's a good person or a bad person can you tell if they're rushed and hurried or calm and peaceful can you tell if they are grounded and stable or scattered and harebrained Can you tell one human from another? I mean, yeah. yeah. Sure. Right. So what do you think your partner or your... So what do you think the people relating to you feel? If you're a perfectionist, what do they feel? (laughs) They can feel that energy. Yeah. They might not say it. They might not discuss it with you. They might keep it secret, but they can feel it. And when they talk about you behind their back, are they going to say, oh, she, she doesn't have any perfectionist tendencies at all. She's very carefree and very just focused on progress. Or are they going to say she's a damn perfectionist? I can't live up to these standards. That's what she Do you want people saying that behind no. your back? No. Well, well, then don't be a perfectionist, right? Like, what can you expect? If I'm a rushed person, I can't expect people not to say, like, dude's rushed all the time. Right. Of course they're going to say that. I am. True. True. If you're a perfectionist, you've got to expect people to talk about that behind your back. Yeah, so. They'll feel it from you. Right. My son was a dancer, and I put a lot of that perfectionist tendencies onto him when he was dancing. Sure, but he told his friends about it. 
I know he talked about it with his sister before. There you go. What? That's just tip of the iceberg. You think it was only his sister? No. My mom's a total perfectionist, man. Yeah. That's why I don't want to go home right now. We had a thing before he went on stage. Give me a finger. We would do this and say, we're number one. We're number one. We're number one. And and he would go dance. And in his little mind, he was trying to live up to that perfect first place always. And he did. Like, he was an amazing, incredible performer. Sure. But that could traumatize him for dance or anything competitive for years to come. I don't know. But it may be one of the reasons why he stopped. Yeah. So. All good. It's still solvable. But. Yeah. It is what it is. Like there are repercussions and consequences for being a perfectionist. And you might not always see them, but they are there. And they will harm your relationships. Yes. Here's a question. Can you think of any relationship couple that blossomed and thrived in a healthy way between two perfections? No. Or even one perfection? No. It's always toxic. It's always cancer. It's always bad. Yes. Yeah. Every time. It doesn't matter if it's one partner or both partners. I'm saying. Uh, so, yeah. That's because no one was put on earth to be a perfectionist or to seek perfection. The, the earth and nature is all about progress and life and evolution and continuing and going on and expanding. It is never about final plateaued void perfection that requires no improvement. That's ridiculous bullshit. Yes. Because. And you will always is, pay for it. Life is a cycle. You will always pay for it. Yes. So I want y'all to succeed. You know, I want people to blossom and thrive and grow. That's not going to happen with perfectionism. Just let it go. Replace it with a, a healthy idealism. And let's let's crush life together. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for helping me today and helping all the our amazing audience. Rise Rebels, we appreciate you. Big time. You're helping us to fight perfection. Forget perfection and let's be idealists all together let's focus on the good and leave out the not so great so thank you so much i really appreciate your time i appreciate you explaining this to us you are the best and we love you so jay do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our wonderful audience yes i was a perfectionist as a kid and it was exhausting it cost me friends, it cost me jobs, landed me homeless for years, and I only got out of it, that dark pit of homelessness, when I finally learned to accept and embrace failure, where I made peace with messy progress, where I celebrated every little step I made towards an ideal instead of caring one whit about perfection. And this applies to everyone. You can go all across the planet, all across the globe, examining perfectionists, and you won't find a single one of them that is living a full, fulfilling, happy life until they drop the perfectionism and replace it with a focus on progress. So remember, you don't have to live up to what anyone else thinks. There's nothing wrong with you. You are good enough for now. And good enough for now is the real trick. Good enough for today is the real trick. Tomorrow you can progress further and then have a new good enough and then be good enough for now on that day. And then the following day you can have a new good enough and you can progress a little more, a little further and have a new good enough for now for you. And in this way, you're always good enough 
for now. And I say, this speech is good enough for now. So I'm going to wrap up. I wish you all an incredible day, not being perfect, but instead celebrating progress. You got this. And that's why our book and this podcast are called Eyes Wide Open. And after today, you know how to stop self-sabotaging yourself with your perfectionism. But if you go here to this video here, we're going to teach you how to stop procrastination because procrastination is part of perfectionism. So it will help you to keep your eyes wide open. Keep rising.